Thank you, Brent. That was awesome. Um, great welcome. Um, yeah, welcome to everyone here this morning. As you see, the roads are a little messy out there, but I didn't stop uh, any of you from coming to church, so that's awesome. Yeah, so we have people online, of course, as well, so welcome to them too. Um, today, we are starting a new series called Strengthen, and um, uh, my message title today, Strengthen Through Discipleship. So we are called to be disciples, but uh, Jesus said, uh, go out and ma- uh, make disciples, and I think uh, what I want to talk about today is we can't make disciples until we are disciples ourselves. And so we need to be continually uh, growing and continue to end the faith uh, to understand what God is doing in our lives and in the lives of those around us. So we're going to talk a little bit about relationship. So we all know that um, when we have our own relationships uh, with our family or wife, whatever, if we stop communicating with them, that relationship starts deteriorating. Well, it's the same thing with God. When we stopped communing with Him, when we stopped uh, connecting with Him, our relationship starts deteriorating. Whether we realize it or not, and sometimes we don't realize it immediately. It takes a while before it happens. And I think in this particular process, what happens is we end up, there end up being ruts in our life that is very difficult to get out of. We just seem to spin around in the same circle and over and over again. I don't know if that... If that's, uh, I'm speaking to any of you guys this morning, because I've been in many of those ruts myself, and sometimes it takes quite something to try to get out of it. But I think God's Word has a way for us to move out of those ruts and actually start living in the power of the Holy Spirit. So join me in a prayer before we get going this morning. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you, Lord. I thank you for being here this morning. I thank you that you have a word for every single person here. Maybe it's a word that I speak, but maybe it's just a word that your Holy Spirit brings to remembrance. I believe that you want to speak to every single person. You want them to draw near to you. So I just pray for that word this morning, that it might be implanted in every person here. That it might, uh, as it's sown, that it might grow to fruition, Heavenly Father. I just pray, be with us this morning. Bless your word in your son Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So, our first um, thing we're jumping into, the mission of Jesus. So, like I was alluding already to, in Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the ends of the age. So Jesus' great commission, and actually in this uh, particular, I want to just highlight something. The primary purpose of Christ's commission was to make disciples. The meaning of disciple is learners, uh, dis- disciplined learners and followers of Jesus, who live by his commands and are continually growing in their relationship with him. That's what it means to be a disciple. So when we are active uh, when we're not act- actively engaged in growing in God, uh, we sometimes miss that mark. We miss, uh, we miss uh, that uh, invitation that he gives us to be disciples. 
So he says, we are not to make converts, but we are to make disciples. I know this is sometimes, um, I think, a point that it happens. We sometimes think that what God's, what Jesus' mission was for us to make converts instead of, instead of uh, disciples. So sometimes we have a misunderstanding when we give our life to God, is that he, now that I've given my life to Jesus, that's it. Boom. There I am. I've arrived, waiting for Jesus to come back. But no, he has more for us. He has more for us. Uh, and if we are just in this particular spot, uh, we won't live in a lot of freedom. We'll continue to be bound uh, by the things of this world. We continue to be bound by things that uh, we were bound with before we gave our life to, to Jesus. So there is a next step that is involved uh, when you come to Christ. It's not just to be a convert, but it is to be a disciple. So how do we uh, grow in this? So how do uh, so one one way I, I know um, is our attitude, maybe the way we come. So one thing is, you know, we can have a feed me approach. And uh, this particular approach uh, will affect your life in every area. When you just come to church and you say, this morning, I'm here, feed me the word of God. So you receive it, which is good. That's great. God wants to speak to you here, but he doesn't want you want to just speak to you here. He wants to speak to you throughout the week. So one 30-minute message a week is not... Uh, the way we become grow strong in him. And in fact, if we rely only on the Sunday service, our relationship, our faith will shrivel. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. When you, when you haven't had time to connect with God, you're busy throughout the week. You come here on Sunday, and all of a sudden you're not able to receive the word. Why is that? Because there's all these things that happen to us throughout the week. All these things that add filter to our life and that block us from actually receiving what he has for us. So that relationship is meant to be continued every single day of the week. And it is not just a small devotion that we do in the morning. It is actually a life that we live. And it's an experience that we live with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to get into that a little bit more. Um, sorry, I'm improvising on some stuff here, so you'll have to be patient with me as I continue to go along here. So I, I want to use this analogy. Uh, so let's, let's imagine you have a quarter of land. And let's uh, imagine that, uh, you know what, you don't have time to seed in the springtime. You're just like, you know what, I believe that something will come up. I believe that it will still happen for me. What would you think of a person like that? You'd be like, oh, okay, I, yeah, I hope, I hope it works out for you. <laughs> well, we know in, in the natural that is, it's, we laugh at that. But sometimes I think we ourselves, we sometimes are sitting in a place and we're just expecting something to happen. And trust me, I've been guilty of that myself where you expect God just to do something. I don't get into the Word. I'm connecting with Him for 10 minutes a day, but I'm expecting God to do something great in my life. 
Well, that would be just like that farmer who didn't seed in the springtime to get a harvest in the fall time. So my point is, we're going to be talking this morning about how do we seed, how do we sow the word in our lives so that it becomes a harvest. And that harvest will be great. Throughout the word, you can find what that harvest brings. So in Matthew 28, verse 20, it says, Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the ends of the age. So we are to uh, teach. And, and you know, when, when, I, when I read this, teaching them to observe, I'm also, you need to apply that to yourself as well. I am also sitting there observing, also taking in what Jesus has done for me. We cannot teach unless we ourselves are living it as well. And sometimes maybe we can't give people the great revelation, but sometimes when we are taking our first steps in faith, we can talk to people and share with them what we're experiencing and how we are little bit by little bit are growing in freedom. So as we become disciples, we become more firm-footed in the truth, the truth of God. So the Spirit of God. John 14, verse 26, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Isn't that awesome? It's not just left to you and you and your own power and your own strength, but he, he gives us the Holy Spirit to bring to remembrance, to give us revelation, to give us understanding of what the Word of God is actually saying. So all the promises of God, He brings to us. He brings to our remembrance. But if we ourselves have to still dig into the Word. In Acts 2, verse 38, it says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When you became a believer, we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you are not experiencing Him today, then we need to ask why. Why are we not experiencing Him? And this could be a number of reasons. One is maybe we never actually took that next step and actually started saying, Jesus, what are you doing? Or maybe we, maybe we didn't ask the Holy Spirit maybe into our lives. Maybe that was one of the reasons. Maybe we accepted Jesus as Lord, but we never actually truly accepted him into our lives. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, it says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. This tells me that we are all to have the Holy Spirit. You can become a believer. We are to have the Holy Spirit within us. And this Holy Spirit um, is our helper. And I think, you know, maybe that is one thing that maybe I should highlight here too. He's our helper, not our doer. <laughs> so there's a, there's a process for us to walk through in order for the Holy Spirit to draw alongside us. And He will help us in all things. He will bring things to your mind. And I, I, somebody said this to me the other day. He said, I, I believe that Jesus not just bringing to my remembrance what's in the Bible, but He also brings to my remembrance what I've learned and, and so on. And He was talking about He was going through some tests and this and that. And I thought, absolutely. God is able to bring to remembrance. He's, able, he's your helper. 
See, he helps you in all things. So we have a helper that can help us in all things. So mo- uh, most of us live uh, in our own power and strength. And uh, so I, I just wonder, you know, in that power, our own power and our own strength, how many of us cry out for help in, in, in all these things? And I, I'll kind of get to that here in a, just a bit. It says, uh, the one that searches the mind of God is the Holy Spirit. So I think we should have a true desire to want to walk with him. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, it says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. So I, I think, you know, it's not just the people maybe that you, you don't experience the Holy Spirit, but sometimes even those that have the Holy Spirit, we need to continue to stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways to stir up that Holy Spirit, I think, is this morning. We worship God. We come before Him and we praise Him and worship Him. Man, I just feel God's presence is coming and and you're just ministering to me and i know he's doing that to many others as well so god wants to minister to us we need to continue to stir up that gift in us the holy spirit is for the common good of the church so i think it's not just for us it's for the uplifting of the church the holy spirit what it does it's when it is truly active in you what it should look like is on, on Sunday, it should, it's, it's actually giving a word of knowledge to somebody. It's actually, hey, you should pray for that person. Oh, hey, uh, I feel I should talk to you about this. Or God gives us insights to minister to others in here. So on a Sunday morning, we're able to minister to each other. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 6 to 11 says, And there are various uh, activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For the one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to another the utterance of knowledge and according to the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another one the working of miracles. To another the pro- prophecy and to another the ability to extinguish, uh, distinguish between spirits to another various kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of tongues all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills so we are able to operate in all these gifts for a purpose there's a purpose to it and that purpose is to edify somebody else to edify the church it's not just for our own profit and I think that's why sometimes we, we are only focused inward. What, God, what can you do for me? But I think sometimes we find healing when we're actually walking with God and we see his power flowing through us and working through us and ministering to somebody else. I think that is actually where the greatest healing comes in a lot of people is they are too focused inwardly. They need to be focused outwardly and look at somebody else and say, God, do you, what can I do for that person? How can I pray for them? How can I speak into their life? When we start asking those kind of questions, how, we, how, how can we help somebody else? I can guarantee you a lot of things start falling off. The enemy has deceived us in focusing only on ourselves and our own selfishness. Sometimes we have no clue about how good we have it in this world. We don't have a clue because we're so 
focused on such a little thing that's in our life. And I know it sometimes it seems like a big thing. The reason it seems big is because we've, the enemy has allowed us to focus on it for a long periods of time, over and over again. We need to turn our eyes outward and to look and see what's going on around us. The Holy Spirit wants to, wants to minister to those around us. And, you know, I, I just want to maybe just speak to some fears here. Maybe one of the reasons today that, that you maybe haven't asked for the Holy Spirit or you, maybe you've been afraid is because, hey, if the Holy Spirit comes, I, I see some people, they act weird, they do weird things, you know. I don't want to be one of those people. Well, I can assure you, the Holy Spirit never overrides your will. He never overrides your will. He's your helper. He comes alongside you, walks with you. But sometimes, I think when we come further and further in our walk, we start seeing things not, I guess, more in the supernatural. We start seeing further ahead. And so sometimes the embarrassing things of this life are no longer a part of us. So we're not as afraid to say and do whatever, right? To worship him and do all these things which other people would say that's embarrassing. But one thing I want to assure you, the Holy Spirit never overrides your will. He's there to come alongside you, to help you. When we operate in the Holy Spirit, the byproduct is the fruits of the Spirit. It says in Galatians 22 verse 23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. How many of you look for these things in the world? How many of you look for love, for somebody to love you? How many of you look for somebody to give you joy? For somebody to give you peace? You pray for patience because you're, you, you lost it again at the kids. You ask that you want to be kinder to that person. Well, all these things are in God. He is self-control as well. So we, we, we earnestly pray for these things, and we sometimes look for these things in what the enemy has provided. This world is the enemy's. He has created counterfeit things. Everything that you find in God, everything you find in the Holy Spirit, you will find a counterfeit in the world. But that counterfeit will never, ever do what the Holy Spirit does. But you will find, you will find temporary relief from things of the world. Jump into a show, boom, I can forget for an hour. But guess what? When the show ends, it's still there. So I think the thing is, why are we going to a counterfeit when we have God's Spirit within us? When, we, when the promise of the Holy Spirit is within us. So I think, um, you know, the one thing, and I, you know, I would just maybe mention it so I don't forget. Afterwards, if you feel like, hey, I, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit, I, I maybe need the Holy Spirit... You can ask God personally yourself, and he will come in. He's faithful to do that. But if you need somebody to pray with you, there will be prayer here afterwards to personally pray for you. But I, I think the thing is, we have the most powerful thing that ha in the universe in living within us, and we are not utilizing it. We're not 
using it to be our helper in this world. John 13, verse 34 to 35 says, A new command I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another by this. All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love is one of the first fruits of the Spirit. We can't be disciples of God unless we walk in the Spirit. That is the fact. And this love is for each other. So in the church, within a church, there should be such love flowing because we're walking in the Spirit. It's one of the first fruits of the Spirit. So just... Just as I have loved you, so you are to love one another. So we need to experience his love. Christ knows. uh, So by the Holy Spirit, we are uh, here. We are his voice. So we need to love others as he has loved us. And one of the other byproducts, I believe, of the Holy Spirit is It comes from us from John 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And again in John 10, verse 35. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. Yet they will be no, by no means follow a stranger, but they will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of the stranger. Who's the voice of the stranger? Well, it's the enemy, but it's also the world. See, we can't sometimes distinguish between the world and what is God, what is good, what is bad, because we're not walking in the Spirit. The Spirit gives us this Insight, the voice of God, I believe the Spirit of God actually speaks to us, calls us by name. We are His sheep. Jesus' Spirit is in us. He leads us. Every person should be able to hear the voice of God. That's what the Word of God promises. He says, every person, let's read it again. I know them, they follow me. Yet they will, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. It doesn't say some know his voice. If we are his sheep, we are to hear his voice. So when we spend time in God's presence, the word uh, continues, uh, the word, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, if we spend time, let me start again, okay. When you spend time in the word of God, the Holy Spirit gives us revelation, that revelation in his, in his word. Revelation means to show us something we did not know or see before. In Christianity, revelation refers to a way in which God reveals himself. You are responsible for listening to God's word in order to see how God is revealing himself to you. He says his sheep hear his voice. He didn't say, like I said, he didn't say some here. So through his word, we are able to hear. We're able to hear his voice because he speaks to us. It's sometimes by maybe just an impression. Sometimes it is by the word of God. But I will tell you one thing. 
the, if you hear a voice and it's contrary to the word of God, that is never God. His word, he always lines up, the Holy Spirit always lines up with the word of God. Always need to go back to the word of God and understand it. Romans 12 verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with this superficial values and customs, but be transformed. And the progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purposes for you. Transformation in this, in the Greek word, means metamorphosis. refers to the process that leads to an outward permanent change. By the renewing of the word of God, we are able to come to into a place of permanent change in our life. When there are certain things that we don't want to see anymore, by the word of God, it's able to change us and able to. And that's all done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, reading the word without the presence of God or without the spirit, you're able to just superficially read it. The word is deeper than just what you see on pages. When the Holy Spirit identifies, he gives you insight. Like I said, that revelation and understanding, right? If you don't know, um, sorry, improvisation uh, brings me a little over the place here. So, <laughs> um, we need to know who we are in God's word. So John 15, 7 to 8 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So as we abide in his word, as we continue to sow that word into our lives, we will bear much, much fruit. The word has to be sown into our hearts, though. The active part of, of, uh, that's the active part on our side. Then we will see a harvest. And maybe it's just not just a harvest in ourselves, but maybe it's a harvest of salvation from other peoples because they see what's in us. But I would, I would also say there is an expectancy, I think, that we have to have as well in this. As we continue to sow the word, as we continue to read the word, we have to have an expectancy. And I think this is in all things. The Holy Spirit, so we ask and he is faithful to give. But then we also have to have an expectancy that we will give it because of who he is. As you continue to study the word, you start learning more and more about who he is and that he is faithful in all things. 2 Timothy 3, verse 14 to 17 says, But for you, continue to continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which is able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Isn't that amazing? The scriptures are 
they're able to correct. They're able to correct things in our life. So as you read the word, you have to read it with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit can then speak to you and say, hey, remember that thing that you did? You think that lines up with my word? No. Remember that when you said that harsh word to that person? Is that a, is that a characteristic of one of my disciples? Nope. So you let the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is always gentle the way he comes across. He's never condemning. He brings it to us in a soft way. But we have the option at that particular point when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. We can reject it. We have the option. And, then, and it happens that we start rejecting what the Holy Spirit says to us. And it says in the Word that we start searing our hearts. And if we continue to reject what the Holy Spirit is, is showing us and doing, we start searing our hearts further and further until we can no longer hear Him speaking to us. So, just a word of caution. We need to be faithful in, in uh, taking in what the Holy Spirit says and walking in it. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, one note I had here, just one thing that kind of God was saying to me, you know, we are so e- easily deceived because we don't know the word in this world. And one of the things uh, um, that I think we, because we don't know the word, I think we are sometimes blown all over the place because we don't know. And how many of us have not doubted our own salvation, have doubted uh, that God is going to do what he's going to do? It's just because we have not been firmly rooted in the word of God. First Corinthians 3, verse 1 to 3, it says, But brothers... I could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh? And behaving only in human ways? Isn't it true how often we are still wrestling with some of these things? Some of the things of the flesh? And what, what this word says to me, that God has so much more for us. We're just, on the, we're just skimming the surface, in a sense. He wants to take us into a deep, deep place where he's able to feed us meat, not just spiritual milk. I heard a story this pastor said, had said that, uh, you know, he doesn't mind uh, bottle feeding uh, believers, but he hates kind of uh, parting the whiskers to get the bottle in. <laughs> but I think that's sometimes a, a thing, right? We're, we should be mature in the word, and we are still needing uh, some of that spiritual milk. So don't take that as condemning. I just, you know, sometimes we all need to grow. But I, I just, we, we need to get into the Word of God. We need to learn it for ourselves. Don't just depend on other people's revelation of who God is. Depend on the revelation of what the Holy Spirit says to you himself too. It's a great way to learn. We can learn from others. We can hear messages. You come here on Sunday, hear this. But 
The best is you go home, you take the scriptures, you start reading it, and you're like, man, that is right, yeah. And God starts giving you revelation. Because when you get the revelation, it sticks with you. It comes in you, and it becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your foundation to walk in freedom and in power, right? But when it's just my revelation, it's a great... It should give, make you jealous, maybe, for wanting that. And it maybe gives you some insight. Maybe it helps you break free. But the true, the true power comes when you actually receive that revelation from God himself. And that is by searching the scriptures. Got a quote here from Andrew Womack. Even though your emotions are pulling you one way, you know what the word of God says. You can come to a place where God's word is more real to you than what you feel. That's what the Bible calls faith. That's what the the word calls maturity. So there comes a place, and trust me, feelings are are fantastic, but feelings will, will bring you, will lead you completely down the wrong path. So we need to get to into a place where we know the word of God is true. And no matter what we feel, we follow the word, not our feelings. Because our feelings will always lead us astray. So, in James 2, verse 17 to 18, it says, So you see, faith by itself is, isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. The point is, it's not enough to just have faith, but we have to also walk out what we learn. We also have to walk out what God is saying to us. That is how you truly grow. That's another level of, of being a disciple. Is actually able to walk out what he says. Able to give a, a person a word of encouragement if that's what you feel God is saying to you. So the people of God. So we become disciples to make disciples. So walking, uh, walking with someone to become a disciple takes time and takes patience. And I just want to speak to those people that have been in, in their walk for a period of time. We should be looking and watching and seeing who we can walk beside. That rut that I was talking about earlier, that is a rut that happens. And sometimes it could be for all various reasons, right? Oh, I've done it all. I've served. And now I don't need to serve anymore. I, I'm just here to be here. I'm able to just now relax. Hey, there's an eternity coming. We will have plenty of time to relax there. While the time is here, the time is short. And we need to be about his business. We need to have an urgency about what, what is coming. I don't know if you've noticed, and sometimes we're asleep, but the world is already saying all the things that the Revelations talks about. About the chip in the hands. All those things, our, our world is talking about them clearly. But some of us are still asleep. Not realizing that the time is near, drawing near of the Lord's return. And there's people that are still don't know him. And we need to be true disciples. When the hard times come, those that are not disciples will fall away a lot of times. That's what the word says. As soon as the word is planted, 
the enemy comes to try to steal, steal that word. So we need to come alongside people and to walk with them. And that process could take, could take up to six months. We here at City Light, we have great small groups. And, you know, we don't just dive into the, the finer things, like just a small little thing. We're diving into the Word of God and learning what it means. And sometimes that is a way to be discipled. As you get into a small group, you have, like Amy was saying this morning, you have somebody that's able to speak into your life. You have somebody that knows what's going on in your life and is able to be there for you if you need your help. But I will say for, for all those that are here, that is a step that you have to take forward. Nobody can force you to do these things. Nobody can force you to get involved, right? It is a step that we have to take ourselves. We have to take this mentorship, discipleship is something that you have to step forward in. Nobody can force you to do it. But we are in the driver's seat on that side. So I encourage you this morning, you know, if you are not a part of a small group or a part of something that somebody's able to speak into your life, you need to get a part of it. The family of God is, it's open. We're open, but you also have to decide to come in. The Holy Spirit will draw near to you if you draw near to him. So we have a step. We have to draw near to him so he will draw near to us, right? If the word is always clear, it is us stepping forward, and, and, and then he is right there to meet us. So mentorship uh, through small groups, church community, like we've seen here this morning. And that's why I say, um, in, like it says in Galatians 22, verse 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. When those fruits start, we start living in the Spirit, and those fruits start coming out in here, people are ministered to. People feel encouraged. People are able to be drawn in. So each one of us has to be a part of the, being a disciple. I can't be the only disciple. Pastor Doug can't be the only disciple. We all have to be disciples. So I just want to, just got one quote here. The Word of God is our only standard, and the Holy Spirit our only teacher. George Mueller. Yeah, that is good. So, just to recap, the mission of Jesus, we have been called to be disciples and make disciples. So, see what that means to you. The Spirit of God. God gave us a helper that is in us. If you don't think you have the Spirit, then ask Him, and He is faithful to give. Or come up to the front, and we'd be happy to pray with you. The Word of God, the, the Word of God, the Spirit will give you insight and understanding in the word the people of god looking to see where god wants you to, uh, wants you to join in to grow and help someone else to grow join a small group to find a community this is a, how you can become part of a family which is the family of god so draws us to a conclusion this morning so i'm going to um just pray and uh I'll also have a prayer for anybody that is maybe here this morning and says, hey, I haven't accepted him as Lord and Savior. I'm going to give you an opportunity to walk through that prayer and accept him as Lord. All that is involved for you is with faith, take him at his word. So joining you, join me in the prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, because you are so good to us, Lord. We thank you because you 
continue to minister to us, Lord. Your Holy Spirit continues to come after us, to chase us, to say, come, come. So, Lord, I just pray this morning that you be with each individual person here, Father. I pray that the word that has spoken to them, Lord, that your Holy Spirit brings it to their remembrance, Lord. I pray that you draw them deeper into yourself, Heavenly Father, that you minister to them, Father. You know the need that they have, Lord. So we just pray for that word this morning. I pray that it might break the chains that has bound people, bound them in their sin, bound them in their uh, sickness, whatever that may be, Heavenly Father. I pray for chains to be loosened this morning, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for the courage for those that say, hey, I, I don't know if I, if I have the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know. Come to the front. Receive prayer. I think it's important that you step, take that step of faith to the front to receive it. So I just thank you, Father, because you are good. You're good to us, Lord. You want to minister to us, Heavenly Father. I just pray that you're with us today, Lord. You're leading and guiding us. And I just want to speak to that person that is here this morning that did has not accepted you as Lord and Savior, but wants the opportunity to. So I just pray. Just pray this prayer with me. God, please forgive me for all I have done wrong. I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to set me free. I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. From now on, I am following you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can have the power to change for the rest of my life. Amen and amen.